0: This is the Cash Flow Digest. My name is Matt Faircloth, and me and the DeRosa team are here for you guys on a weekly basis video and broadcast recording. This is also live on our Facebook group, DeRosa Insiders. In whatever medium you're watching, please take a minute and like this comment. We're going to be talking about all things real estate and all things cash flow because our company is dedicated to transforming lives through real estate, and cash flow can do that. We're going to be talking about things that are affecting the real estate industry, news in the real estate investing world. We're also going to be bringing on guests that are crushing it in the cash flow sector of real estate investing. If you guys want to join and watch the show live, please go to Facebook and look up to Rosa Insiders and join that Facebook group where we record this show every Friday at noon Eastern. Hope to see you guys there. I've got some great current events to talk to you guys about. Uh, Today, we're going to talk about a deal of the month that our DeRosa Income Fund just took on. Today's show is chock full. This is 10 pounds of show in a five-pound bag, as it always is, but our guest today is going to be talking to us about his transition from pro basketball to real estate investing and the life journey that we're all on and realizing the superpower inside of all of us and talking about who we are becoming as humans as we grow into better, better people. This is someone who's been through a lot of turmoil, but is able to break through all of that to become the best version of himself. Uh, Today's going to be a really, really exciting conversation. We're also, as I said, going to be highlighting a uh, deal that DeRosa Income Fund. Just took on. We are the Income Fund is a large pool of money we put together that's really out- transformed lives through real estate. And Dorosia Income Fund closed on a really great deal that we're going to be telling you guys more about. So stay tuned to hear more about that deal and what Dorosia Income Fund's all about. So that's a quick summary of today's show. Let's get in. First thing I want to talk to you guys about, and this is a, a real thing happening in the world, right? Um, that Airbnb is in, it's like a bit of a tailspin, right? Um, not the company itself, but towns in, uh, in the United States are becoming more and more uh, vocal about Airbnb being in their. City. And you hear about it in smaller towns. It's happened all over Florida. Um, and you hear about it in, uh, in, in in larger cities and everything like that as well. But the largest city, uh, New York City, just came up and said that, that New York City just uh, made a statement that Airbnb is no longer going to be allowed in New York City. Guys, there are 40,000, not 400, not 4,000, not four, 40,000 Airbnb units in New York City right now. These are owners. These are real real estate investors like you and me um, that are going to be affected by this. Although I don't own any Airbnbs in New York City. And if you do, I'm sorry to hear this. Um, but what, uh, what what's happening is... Uh, New York city is now banning Airbnbs and they're actually going to be aggressive on this. They're not, I mean, I've seen other towns say Airbnbs are not allowed here. And you go on Airbnb and there are Airbnbs listed in the town, the, the town ordinance says you can't do it. And people are doing it online anyway, but Airbnb, uh, New York city has been very vocal that they're going to be out and policing the Airbnb site, not just, you, you know, hoping that to catch people in the act or using it as a means to find somebody if, if you, if a tenant has a complaint uh, about the Airbnb, they stayed in, they can file it with the town and that kind of thing. That's not how they're going to do it. Uh, it's not a means to, uh, to just kind of keep people online. This is something they're actually Going to police, and they've said this. They're going to go out and look on Airbnb and, and use Airbnb as a means to find people that are breaking their rule, and the, the fines are going to be heavy. And so they, this is by far a big push against. Uh, against, I do think that uh, there are people that are uh, not abiding by uh, you know good standards. Let's say I've stayed in some really crummy Airbnbs myself. I'm sure you guys have too. Um, and so Airbnb as a industry, or let's call it short term short term rentals as, as an industry, uh, still is a space that very very much needs to be regulated. It needs to get reeled in. I've stayed in some really crummy ones for people that were just completely slapjacking it together. And yes, there needs to be more oversight and more regulations on Airbnb's and short-term rentals across the country. Do we need to start banning them and doing not in my backyards? I'd really hope not. I hope that doesn't happen because I think that it is a good alternative. Uh, I have a, I have two young kids, and so when I go stay somewhere, I'd rather not stay in a hotel. It'd be much easier for me to stay in a three-bedroom house. Um, my kids can have a room. I can have a room, have a little space to run around. If you want to bring my little dog with me or something like that? Can't do any of those major things in a in a nice hotel. Uh, you you can do those in an Airbnb if you want to, right? So I think it should. Exist. But the pendulum is swinging way in the other direction now. What this means to real estate investors, right? Now, here's here's the take-home. Real estate investors like us, right? Number one, if you are in the Airbnb space, that's okay. You can still make money with Airbnb's, and the money can be very, very good. I've heard of people making five to six x what you can make in cash flow um, on a long-term rental property if you put it on Airbnb. So just the money's too good to stop Airbnb's from happening altogether. But if you're looking to get involved in the space of Airbnb's, or if you if you are an Airbnb landlord already, what I suggest this is just what Matt thinks, right? What Matt thinks is you should make sure. That a property you're buying works as a long term rental, also, even if it just ekes by on cash flow. Make Airbnb the gravy on top that if you can get, uh, you know, get Airbnb approved, then go for it. But if you have to pull back, right, uh, and go long term rental, if it becomes outlawed or if it becomes heavily regulated, or if the town that I live in, where, where I live, Airbnbs are allowed, but you got to go some long term rental for some of your units. If you have a multifamily, you have to have a, you can have a mix of short and long term rentals, Um, or Airbnbs are allowed some of the time of the year, right? Long story, but, but that's what they say. So Airbnbs may get changed a little bit, but you want to to make sure that the units that you buy can be long term leased if the rules change altogether. Uh that's number 1. Number 2, if you're looking for opportunities, uh I think that if you if you look at Airbnbs as an industry, it's probably been overbought a lot and a lot of people did not buy them with that backup plan that I just said. So if you want to be a real estate vulture, that's okay, you can make a lot of money doing that is finding someone that's under distress uh that maybe overbought and um seeing if you can find it a way to make it work it could involve a short sale, it could involve foreclosure, it could involve a lot of those kinds of things, but I think that long term Airbnbs are going to correct for people that over bought, That only that the only way it works is with an aggressive Airbnb marketing campaign, and especially New York City or whatever that's outlawing these things. Um, you're going to have a lot of people that are looking to turn their keys back over to a bank. So if you want to be in that space of looking for things that are coming on the market on foreclosures, um, or doing workout workout with owners, and maybe even doing something called a short sale, which was very common years ago, um, kind of fallen by the wayside, but I think it's going to come back in. And a short sale is just getting a bank to take less than what's owed on the property um, as a as a settlement, right? So all those things are real po- really possible and are going to be coming into the market uh, more and more. All that being being said, guys, Airbnb is a company, not the, and remember they don't own the real estate. They're just a portal uh, that that allows people to market their properties that they do own. Um Airbnb is a company made 2.5, I'll put my pinky next to my mouth, made 2.5 billion, billion last uh, last quarter, right? In the second quarter of 2023, which is up 18%. So Airbnb as a company is not hurting. So this changes in New York city or changes in small towns across the United States has not affected Airbnb as a business. I think it will eventually, but um, but I think that the fact that they made that much money, it just shows they've got a big war chest. They've got plenty of lawyers, that they can throw it at places, and they did try and lawyer up heavy in New York City to stop this, but they ended up losing. Um, so something to track, right? Bottom line, guys, uh, if you're going to be buying an Airbnb, do not have Airbnb or uh, short term rentals as your only means cash flow. I'll take that there. Thanks for watching this short video. Uh, if you guys are watching this clip as a short video here, and make sure you guys check us out on other social feeds, guys. I want to talk to you guys about a deal of the month. The deal of the month is something that is something that's done by the DeRosa Income Fund, uh, which is our fund that we raise that is committed to doing bridge debt, aka short term loans on properties, so short long term, uh, long term loans on property. So short, long-term, uh, long-term loans on property. Properties that need to get bridged, meaning like they're here and they need to get to a span to here. So that's what a bridge loan is. It is a loan that helps someone take a property from this position to that position. Bridge debt is very common. It's gotten a little more expensive, um, but it's something that's necessary. And as the economy continues to shift, the Group is going to be providing a good amount of bridge debt through the Dorosa Income Fund uh, to the market. If you guys want to invest in something that is secure, it's got collateral, uh, great returns, and returns day one. Uh, you know, meaning like first month you're in, it starts producing checks. Dorosa Income is, fun, is something you guys want to check out. Uh, you know, want to be a part of. Dorosa Income Fund is also really committed to transferring lives through real estate. So we won't get involved in projects that don't carry forward that mission of making the world a little bit of a better place, meaning like leaving a good footprint in things that we get involved in. So that's what DeRosa Income Fund and our company, DeRosa Group's all about through transforming lives through real estate, right? So that's DeRosa Income Fund and what it is. I want to highlight a deal for you guys real quick. Um, make sure you guys check out this video. If you guys are watching on Spotify, we're going to show you a great video um, about uh, about a deal that we just funded. Our man Vinny Celeste is going to take it from here and tell you guys about this opportunity that we just closed on a couple weeks ago. Really, really exciting warehouse in a super, super emerging part, blowing out part of Philadelphia, which is just a great market all in. Day, all day, all and so we're
1: really excited about this deal. Let's let Vinny take it from here. What's going on, everyone? Vinny Celeste here with the DeRosa Group Deal of the Month. It's kind of a new segment we're doing with the DeRosa Income Fund off and running. So thank you for the over 30 investors who got in last month. Uh, we were able to fund this really exciting opportunity. For those of you who don't know, DeRosa Income Fund is a new way to provide passive income to investors really by funding short term debt, what we'll do is we'll highlight deals as we are able to fund them. And so here's a really cool one we got through last month. It's a warehouse conversion over in Philadelphia, really exciting stuff. And I want to point out some things I think jump right off the the page here. So we want to work with experienced operators and that's what our strategic partner here is really able to provide is connections with individuals like what we're seeing here. So this operator has $80 million of real estate in the surrounding area. Now, that's important, of course, because we want to see the experience and their ability to execute, but also because these are personally guaranteed loans. So when you see an $80 million uh, portfolio and this loan was a $1.3 million loan, uh, we can be really excited about lending $1.3 million to someone with $80 million of real estate and all that those years of experience to do a really well thought out uh, business plan. Actually, so well that we funded this deal last month. And it's actually already listed for sale, underwrote the deal for a $2 million asset, uh, you know, 65% loan to value, we always shoot, of course, well below a 70% loan to value. But at the time also, the operator is planning to list it for sale and it is listed for sale for $2.4 million already. So you can see their whole period was only expected to be four months. We of course gave them a year long loan, 12% interest, $1.3 million loan really embodies the vision of transforming lives for real estate. This warehouse can one day become another beautiful place for apartments, maybe restaurants or other mixed use in, in Philadelphia. So really exciting stuff. If you want to learn more about DeRosa Income Fund, head to uh, DeRosaGroup.com slash D-I-F. That's DeRosaGroup.com slash D-I-F. We have a full webinar and always happy to connect.
0: If you guys get a chance to watch that video uh, to its end, I really hope you enjoyed it. Uh, Dorset Income Fund's gonna be doing more great things, just like that deal in Philadelphia. Uh, I'm really excited about that. Uh, it, it's gonna be that's gonna be a phenomenal space. It's gonna be maybe a great restaurant. Um, I even I was uh, talking to the owner about the possibility of a daycare there or something like that, which could be great for the community. But there's there's rooftops going in all over that property. Make sure you guys watch the video to check it out further. Uh, if you guys are watching live on um, on Facebook on our Dorset Insider community, uh, Nabiku will be posting that link for you guys to uh, grab that video there. Uh, if you guys want to go ahead and watch it. So um, so that's that. Thanks for watching and uh, for checking out DeRosa Income Fund. You guys can learn more about DeRosa Income Fund by going to DeRosaGroup.com forward slash D-I-F. That is DeRosa Income Fund, DeRosaGroup.com forward slash D-I-F to hear more about what we have to offer there. I want to transition. I've been really excited about this interview. Um, We're going to be bringing in somebody who's really been able to like succeed and excel in different areas of life and how great is that to like learn success here and then to take what we've learned from this and apply it to other places. My guest today um, is uh, is a former pro basketball player and also a very successful real estate investor. He's done a lot of great things, and I also want you guys to go and check out the book "Overcome" the Key to unlocking your superhuman, because we all have a superhuman inside us. Art Morrison, who's going to be joining us today. All right, welcome to the show, man. How are you? What's up, everybody? What's up, Matt? I'm doing well. How about you? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. So tell us a bit, a bit about uh, those that don't know already, that don't follow you on social. Uh, introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about your backstory, so we can hop in. Yep, Art
2: Morrison III. I run a company called United Home Relief. That is my real estate company. It's my second business that I uh, ran for more than you know a month, right? Um, before that, Thank I you. was in. Youth basketball training I had a youth basketball organization that was my first baby my first okay. uh, try at entrepreneurship and then before that I played professional basketball overseas in Portugal um, and then the, the book that Matt was referencing Overcome the Key to Unlocking Your Superhuman is basically a book about my life up until the point that I signed my contract to play overseas uh, growing up essentially my whole identity was surrounded around basketball and trying to make it in basketball as, as many people dream of doing from where I'm from and um, you know throughout that journey a lot of failures and just obstacles you have to overcome end up you know shaping me to be a superhuman in a different Way than I thought I would, right? Like, I thought it would be like a, Le- a LeBron James type of superhuman, but it was a, a different sort of superhuman that was unlocked. And what I learned throughout that story and journey is that everyone is essentially going through the same thing as we mm. speak. So, the book just teaches people how to identify those things, those moments, and then ultimately capitalize on them to you know, build the character, build the superhuman that you're going to be the rest of your life. So, yeah, go check out the book. It's really cool. One of my favorite things I've ever done.
0: Yeah, that's great. That's great. So, I, I and I believe that too. Uh, and, and now you say I got Captain America here. And the reason why I mean, it, yeah, it's really in line with what, uh, with what you just said, because I believe that all people, uh, have inner strength and that they, you, you either decide, you either in your life bring out your God given talents or and, and or you don't right it's a, it's yeah. up to you it's your choice on whether or not you bring up what you bring about what's been what's inside you um and, and in the you know not to like dork out about Marvel for a second here but uh you know Steve Rogers was strong inside he was a strong human uh, before science and technology made him a superhuman right but like, and yeah. so I think that, uh he, it, it's an emblem for a lot of us that that you know he believed in himself he was emotionally strong he was uh, mentally sound he wanted to do great things in the world regardless of his physical what his body could do his brain wanted to do great things. You know, yeah. um, kept trying to sneak into the army to join, to enlist in the army and do good things by his country and all that. And then science brought, took, like matched his body with what was already going on in, in his spirit, right? Right, um, right. Yeah. So that's why I, I absolutely love Captain America. You see, I got his shield back there and all that other kind of stuff. Right. So, um, so what was your, t- a bit about your, uh, your, your backstory and in, in your book, they'll get to read a little bit more of that. Right. But like, what were the seeds that got planted near you that you got to bring about in, in uh, through basketball and that, give us a little bit of that story on a personal level.
1: you.
2: Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing for me was I wasn't that good at first right so like I, I just wasn't talented um and later on I, I started identifying wh- why that was you know like um, I go into it in the book but essentially there was a moment in my time in my life where like my older brother my dad most of the men in my life were like incarcerated like in mm, so yep. I didn't have like a male presence that was one thing I kind of started even just guidance mentorship um, at the time when I needed it in the sport and out of the sport which was a setback at the time but then it ultimately ended up you know making me stronger and building character uh, those kinds of things I mean all the way up to high school uh, mom and dad were getting divorced went to five high schools, so So obviously you can imagine getting ready to go to college. is difficult when you're sort of bouncing around schools. It's hard to get noticed and found. Ended up going to college and because of the bouncing around and the plethora of schools I went to, I actually missed out my entire freshman year. They took a year of eligibility from me. So I couldn't play at all. So I only had three years of eligibility. Then fast forward my senior year, I tore my ACL, MCL, and meniscus, basically blew out my knee. Uh, Like I think it was, might've been eight games into the season or seven, something like that. But Mm -hmm. long story short, I lost an entire senior year. So if you look at all those things, you're like, all right, like playing professional basketball, absolutely not an option for this person. And I ended up like posing as my own agent, reaching out to basically every team in the world, you know, in Europe that I thought matched my level for an opportunity to to play or try out or some whatever they would offer. And out of all of that, I ended up getting two contract offers, one that I found was acceptable and actually playing overseas. So, you know, there's a lot of superpowers that were developed in just all of that, coming back from a knee injury, you know, overcoming uncontrollables, like not being able to play your freshman year of college. Um, And I actually would have had the opportunity to be like one of the best players as a freshman because I think I was overqualified for that school because of the recruiting issues in high school, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So then overcoming that whole mind game that the universe was playing on me, but it was all to sort of better shape me into who I am today. And then, you know, those, that translated so well in entrepreneurship. I mean, sports in general translates really well into entrepreneurship, right? And just business in general. But when you're overcoming things like that, I mean, even me reaching out to like 3,000, you know, different people yes. sending out, and I'm talking about not an email blast, I'm talking about copy and paste. Like this was in 2013. So it was like, it, we didn't have, everyone didn't have so much access to technology. You were going
0: to social feeds,
2: right? Yeah. Nah. <laughs> I was like copying and pasting and finding the emails on Google and Facebook and, and finding GMs of team and basically emailing my profile out. So like yo, what what career? Let alone real estate, which we'll get into in a little bit. But what career are you not going to be successful if you're willing to sit in a bed with a bum knee for a week straight and copy and paste thousands of emails to people prospect? I mean, there's not many. You can call that sales. You can call it marketing. You can call it perseverance. I don't know what you would call it. But there's not many industries you're not going to be successful if you're even willing to do something like that. Would I have been willing to do something like that if I had silver spoon in my? So
0: backpack? I gotta tell you, man. Like you're there, there's so many times that you probably could have folded up, but for some reason you kept saying no to that little voice, which I. I know it's, it's there for all of us, right? It's not, yeah, like, yeah. it's not like it's not like your secret is you just don't have that little voice that's telling you to just quit, right? No, that's no. telling you that you've sent all these letters, this isn't going to work. It's, it's probably telling you to stop every time you hit go, right? But there's something in you that's that that we all need to remind ourselves that that part of it, that telling no to that little voice on your shoulder, right? Where where does that come from? Where is that fire to keep pushing that send button again? And you're absolutely right; it transitions into business. So let's let's go there, right? Where do you, where does that fire for you? Uh, and I'm sure a lot of this, more of this, is in the book to tell that little voice no every time.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's too Things. Number one is my, or two answers rather. My first answer is I don't, I don't know. And I, I don't even want to pretend to know. You know what I mean? Cause I like it comes from a different place for everyone. Yeah. But for, for me, what I can say came from was just awareness. What the book helps people do is have that awareness. It's like a guide, like, hey, listen, these things happen to everyone. Right. <laughs> first of all, like whether there's no measuring stick for like how heavy turmoil is or how amazing success is. Like, bro, I'm a, I'm a okay real estate investor and I was a, even less than okay professional basketball player. If you're comparing me to LeBron James or Michael Jordan, you know what I mean? So you <laughs> always compare and all that but ultimately if you really lock in on your journey and are just aware of what's actually happening to you and are able to step out of your body for a second and in the book every chapter has a lesson and then a section for you to actually write your own story Ooh. so that's like the that's like the hack and i didn't keep a diary or nothing growing up so it's easy for me to say when i wrote it i was 28 so it's easy for me to say at 28 this is what you should do but it is me thinking back and saying wow i wish i would have done this i would have maybe even had success faster if i yeah. realized what was happening to me and, and how i can uh find a silver lining or you know turn a negative into a positive which is just this thought process of identifying what is positive what is negative how does this affect me how do I capitalize on
0: this awareness so mm-hmm. ah, that's brilliant man I mean like and, and I in, in my life to people and I, I can tell you you've looked realized this now um and maybe realize this in youth as well that but- if all I do is just not quit and keep trying a thing, I will eventually figure it out. And it's just, and that's proven itself to me over and over and over and over in life. And like they say, like, if you, if you're going through hell, keep going kind of thing, right? Yeah. That things always turn around if you give them time to do so. Things always work out if you give them time to do so. The worst thing I can do is quit when things get tough, you know? Um, yeah. Because that's that that's what failure is, is 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 just failure is really just not trying again, not sending out that next letter, um, not getting back in the ring when you, when you get knocked down on the mat with an uppercut, you know? um yep, and yep. Uh, in that so uh let's transition uh so, so then successful basketball career right uh you played in portugal right yep. um what was that like by the way uh an american uh you know playing over overseas right mm-hmm. what, like, give us briefly what the how that felt and how you like how you manifested success from that too it was amazing
2: it was a dream come true uh, mm-hmm. i had a super short career i'm not gonna sit here like eight 10 years and it. i did lead the, lead the league in scoring that that one year but mm-hmm. in that off season and even during the season it was like okay i achieved this goal and i won't say it wasn't all it was cracked up to me but it, it's uh playing a professional sport is a job it's a high paying job or a low paying job, depending on what, what level you're at. And it takes a lot on your body. It takes a lot on your mental as well, because you're not really in control of anything off the board, right? You got agents, teams, team budgets, a lot of things. So once I experienced that my first year, I immediately transitioned into entrepreneurship. Like I saw the writing on the wall quickly. So playing overseas was amazing, but uh, that's really what pushed me hard into entrepreneurship because I said, well, like in that offseason I tweaked my knee, uh, yeah. like in the summer, it wasn't anything bad. It just was like, man, now I can't train. And if work gets out, I tweak my knee. What's the team going to say? There was a lot of anxiety that came with that my previous team had lost a sponsor, they couldn't afford to pay me. They sent me home. Just things like that, what was happening, and I'm like, I'm really not in control at all. So I just spent my whole life trying to do something that I'm still not in control of, yep. and that was enough for me to just like, like literally drop kick me in the back into into entrepreneurship.
0: Yeah, right. So th- so there we so and so here we are, right? And and um, yeah. you know, basketball is great. You achieve that goal, you climb that mountain. Um, yeah, you just, it just it, it of course gets hard. So you probably got the little the little voice on your shoulder yet again speaking up saying, Hey, man, you quit. you know you should just you know fold up, go back home, whatever it is. But you did not do that. You kept going. Like, all right, I'm gonna. I've climbed this mountain now. Now I'm going to go get into a whole other thing, which is yet another mountain, but very similar to getting really great at a sport, which is entrepreneurship. You know, it's just the kind of a plan. Was
2: always yeah. go play professional basketball, make a ton of money, invested in real estate in uh, America, and when you come home, do like basketball camps and start a youth basketball organization. That was always the plan. Okay, and then I realized um, being realistic with myself, two of those things didn't have a ceiling. One of them did, and the one that did was playing.
0: Mm, right? Yeah.
2: Real estate and running my own youth basketball organization didn't. So I just stopped playing and went hard on my youth basketball organization because that's what came the most natural and as i started growing that then i realized that had a, i won't say a ceiling but it was much more difficult to scale with, with the same skill sets the same marketing and social media and coaching and all of that that i was putting into basketball if and when eventually i did put that into real estate i, I was going to crush it and you know fast forward the pandemic came in 2020 yeah I, I couldn't do basketball training and in that year you know we did five flips and made 300 something thousand it was the most money i ever made and that, that was over from me I, <laughs>
0: I put my uh during the pandemic i had my, my my he's nine now i guess he would have been like six or seven at the time i had a buddy doing zoom Basketball clinics. That was where me, was like, hey, huh? That was you me. That yeah, like yeah,
2: twenty bucks, bro. And I was like, what am I? What am I doing here? I have a flip over here that's gonna make me one hundred twenty thousand right. dollars. I gotta stop what I'm doing to train some kids and, and do. And I loved what I was doing. Don't get me wrong, but obviously as a basketball player and a trainer, you didn't imagine yourself on Zoom dribbling
0: and trying to do drills for with a kid yeah. who's in his living room. Is like, nah. Let's go
2: all in on what works. Like, let's identify yeah. like, what, what the best use of my time is. Go from there.
0: Yeah. Unless you want to become like a YouTube star and have a couple million followers or whatever, then then the big bucks come in. But until you hit that, and until you Hit that level of stardom with it. But you said you're getting 20 bucks for teaching somebody's kid to yeah. play basketball in the winter and I don't ground. have kids, so
2: I can still do that. I still I still have YouTube opportunity and all that, but hey, yeah, yeah, friend, yeah. I'm there for that real estate money, which I'm sure we'll get into it. That's when I was like, Oh no, nah, nothing's yeah,
0: enough. no, no, no. And then let's but let's um there's one, one thing that people need to hear yet again is perseverance, right? Because you, you can't expect real estate to teach you perseverance. If you bring perseverance to real estate, that you're gonna be very successful because like the first person that you call that you cold called trying to wholesale their house or trying to do of trying to buy their house for a fix and flip, or uh, trying to get to buy your fix and flip for that matter, or whatever it is. For me, trying to you know raise attribute equity to your business, they're likely going to tell you no. And if if you uh, if the first person tells you yes, great. The third person is probably going to tell you no. So you got to have the perseverance, being willing to get told no a lot, and that's a muscle that not everybody has. But it's the the faster you can strengthen that, whether that's trying to get a league to take you seriously and, and bring and bring you onto their basketball team, uh, whether that's whatever it is. I mean, if it's you know selling vacuum cleaners door to door, whatever it is, <laughs> perseverance is a great skill to bring to entrepreneurship. Period you need it. And if you bring it to real estate first, you're going to be successful that much faster. Um, So so now you're in real estate. Uh, Give us a bit of your journey here. What are you bringing from all those backstories that you've done? Yeah. So 2019, I did my first wholesale
2: transaction. I was living in my best friend's basement um, and a neighbor was selling a house. I saw them cleaning it out. I saw them put my owner sign in the window. The first sell by owner sign was like a 13 inch sign. I could tell they just were one of those sellers who knew they wanted to sell and didn't know how. Mm -hmm. So I had already done some studies on wholesaling. I went up to them and said, Hey, I'll buy your house. Ended up getting under contract. And I, I had no idea what i was doing so i went to everyone i knew in real estate told them hey i have this house in the contract but now i got an offer for someone else to buy it um or i think i was charging like 20 grand or so wholesale fee um they we came up with an agreement where i would shadow them on you know how to flip it and learn and basically get mentorship for a lesser mm-hmm. Fee and they paid me in increments throughout the deal. You know, like I think I charged fifteen grand and they paid me like five grand every two months or something like that. And that just allowed them to stretch their money and get property cheaper and get better lending, whatever. So that was deal number one. It was a little goofy, but it showed me how easy it was to make money in real estate. Um, I'm big on social media, so I was posting about that deal on Instagram and I got another deal that maybe another fifteen grand in hey wholesaling. That was in 2019. So I took those two transactions. I bought two multifamilies, um, a two-unit and a three-unit. So I was in real estate a little bit, but you know that money, fifteen grand twice a year. That's 30000 that ain't nothing. Um, like I said, I was living in my best friend's basement. And then I got my two multifamily, so I was able to invest that money. But even that was making me like $1,000 a month total between the two multifamily cash flow after the mortgage. So it was, it was cool. It just wasn't life-changing. But that whole time, I'm putting offers in for, to find flips. The only strategy I had was on market. So I had my significant other at the time get a real estate license. And we're putting offers in all of 2019 and just losing. You know what I mean? Just losing. We didn't know how to properly make all. We're just losing all year. January 2020, we finally win one. No, no, no. Well, I'm sorry. We lost. We lost that one too. But uh, the, the, the buyer backed out and they came Came back to us and said, Do you want it? And I said, Holy crap, it's game time. But it was a weird house. It was owned by the Association of Retarded Citizens, which I know isn't like uh, politically correct, but that's the
0: name of it. It's called the ARC. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, if that's the name, you're allowed to say it. <laughs> right.
2: so, it, was house. it was like assisted living, right? So, like, it had no basement, but then, like, it wasn't the basement was like, uh, there was an issue in the inspection that came up. It was a small issue, probably $10,000. I used that issue to back out because I was so scared. I'm like, Holy crap, we really got one. Mm-hmm. Uh, now we have to actually flip it. So, I'm like, Yo, I think we're going to pass. And the realtor said, Listen, this is a non profit that hasn't paid no tax. They just want to sell it. What number do you need to get it for? For you to buy, no, oh, here we go. I said, Man, a hundred thousand. I did not want it, so I, they were they wanted 170.
0: I said, A hundred.
2: She said, She yes, knew know, they gonna... wouldn't
0: take it, right? Like, you I knew I they would hang up on you, it. right? right, right, I was right. Trying, that's
2: what I'm saying, I don't even want to say, like, I'm a shark negotiator. No, no, no. I was being a wuss and tried to back out. <laughs> and she said, oh, Let me talk to him and hit you back. She hits me uh, back here We go 40 seconds, like, they accept, and I'm like, Oh my god, a hundred grand. So, as you can imagine, we like, that did I say a <laughs> hundred?
0: <right, right, right. laughs> so
2: we flipped that house for 350. I ended up profiting like hundred twenty thousand dollars, and I didn't have any money to flip it, so that's when I Figured out how to like syndicate it. Will yeah. I got what the money did you turn it. Into
0: like, give me the business plan on. You got this group home. Let's yeah. you know call it that. Right. We what, just what? made it sexy,
2: man. We just made it sexy. It was very spacious, very big. Had these high cathedral
0: ceilings. It almost looked like a church. So we
2: said, yo, let's just take advantage of it. Bust those ceilings out. Show like how high the ceiling really is. Uh they already had bedrooms, but they were like hospital bedrooms with like a hospital divider. So all we had to yeah, do yeah. was sheetrock. We added the bathroom because we added bathroom everywhere. Um, you know, every property that we bought it increased the value and it ended up being a three bed, two and a half bath, amazing. With massive. Cool ceilings bedroom. and lots of square Open footage. Content. Sitting on an acre in New Jersey. If anybody's from New Jersey, you know, like you ain't you're not finding properties that no. on an acre. You no. know what I mean? So we were yeah. able to take that hundred thousand dollar property, put one hundred and ten into it, and sell it three hundred and I think we sold it for three forty to be exact. Great. That's great.
0: Yeah. yeah. After yeah. that, right. as you can imagine,
2: it was. All, I mean, I took that money. I bought one, two, three, four more houses that year. Yeah.
0: There's a buyer for everything, right? <laughs> buyer for uh, everything.
2: Good stuff. Are you in New Jersey? What part of New Jersey? I'm currently the... right now sitting in Tampa, Florida. Last year, I, I moved down here. Uh, my business is still in New Jersey, but now we flip houses and buy rental in New Jersey, here in Tampa Bay area, North Carolina, and Georgia. So we've scaled a little bit. Since
0: Okay. 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 I got started in New Jersey myself. I we had 115 units in Trenton at one
1: point. Wow. Uh, So
0: you you did those flips. Let's talk about like then then expansion happens, right? You start taking on new states, new markets. Talk us through all how all that unfolded for you. Yeah. So the
2: first step was acquisition. So anybody who's listening, like you got to get good at finding deals. Taking a whole year to find a deal off market on market wasn't the answer. So I invested in a little bit of coaching and really just some systems in how to find um, basically direct to seller relationships. So that same that first wholesale deal I had, well, it was a neighbor. How do we replicate that? at scale, so we ended up implementing some, um, you know, leveraging softwares like Prop Stream and stuff like yep. that. To, to, um, we use text message marketing, postcards, a bunch of different forms of marketing. Probably invest like a thousand to two thousand dollars a month in, in marketing at first, and just like that. I mean, we got those four properties in a half a year,
0: right? So we had so much tech, like, we, to yeah, help, wholesale, to help. I remember wholesalers back in the day, man. I mean, they were just like shooting fish, newspaper articles, door knocking, yeah, putting signs up. I mean, this, oh, yeah, the, I remember bandit signs used to be everywhere, man, and that, but you don't really see those anymore because you don't need them, right? Yeah, but, and like, towns uh,
2: don't allow them because it makes it ugly, so like now they they have like a war on bandit signs. I've actually gotten tickets in my career because I didn't know any other way of yeah, marketing. But once you, tell- think,
0: you think there's a lead calling you and it said that, like, this is inspector so-and-so from this town. Yeah, so- no, exactly. Well, right. you think it's a lead, you answer all happy and they're like, yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah I got <laughs> a
0: $20 ticket. Where do I mail this ticket to? Right, right, right. <laughs> but yeah, so
2: we, we did that in New Jersey um, and we we did the five properties that year. We did five the following year, which was 2021. Yeah. And that's when I said, if we can do this here and listen, if you live in the Midwest, if you live in even the Southeast, I'll say I can promise you it's easier than New Jersey and New York and <laughs> the tribe. So that was as I started doing research and learning real estate nationwide, yeah. I realized okay, Jersey, New York, Cali, th- these are always listed as the worst places, and we've had success
0: here. So what's what's next for 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 Art Morris and the third right? Like what's what mountain are you climbing now that, that, that you're going to be standing on top of three to five years from now?
2: Love this question. So essentially, we started off like wholesaling for a short period of time, then flipping. Flipping's been the our biggest, the, the you know, the core of our business. We've recently transitioned last year and this year into holding on to these single family rentals, but mm-hmm. obviously, you know, you need To have a pretty large portfolio of single families to really, really cash flow because single families yeah. don't cash flow as much. I think the national mm-hmm. average is like 150 to 250 dollars after, after a debt service, you know, per door if you're doing single, yeah. which isn't awful, but you know, you got to do quite a bit. That's a lot of flipping, you know, to try to cash out, refinance, get your money back, and then make 250 bucks a month. Yeah. So, so the next step is scaling that, probably launching a fund oh. to do so. But what I'm doing now is really deciding do I really want to launch a fund to do that or do I just want to jump into multi-family syndication space and purchase, you know, units of 10 opportunities? say 10 units or more or 25 units or more would probably be my wheelhouse uh, to start um and mm-hmm. in a market where it's much more affordable you know a 10 unit in jersey you're gonna literally be 10 times as much as mm-hmm. a 10 unit in st louis or 10 unit in ohio so yeah
0: yeah jersey's already bought out it's not it's not like it's a bad place to invest it's just nah,
2: in Jersey, yeah, but it,
0: yeah, rents are way more expensive in New Jersey. I mean, I, I've had no. tenants pay two, $3,000 a month to live in New Jersey where they could be living in North Carolina for $800 a month, for the same yeah. size unit, same community, same everything, right? Um, and that's okay, cool. So, like, you know, big time scale, maybe multifamily, maybe a fund, um, and, and that. So, uh, cool stuff, man. What do you got for words of wisdom for somebody that's looking to get in? They maybe still got the little voice on their shoulder telling them they can't do this or whatever it is.
2: I, I mentor like hundreds of people a year, right? And I, it's the same thing every time. You can't, it's really hard to fail in real estate. And what I mean by that is a there's so many moving parts that it makes no sense for you to sit there with no deals on your belt and overanalyze how things are supposed to go because there's so many people accountable to making a deal go well. We talked about attorney, we talked about title, we talked about the lender, yeah. um, all of those things. Do not be afraid to do your first deal and learn as you go. Mm. There's no there's no shame in that. Um, do your first deal and learn as you go. Yes, invest in mentorship. I could plug myself or you guys or anyone else and mm-hmm. say get mentorship. Yes. Yes, watch YouTube videos, all of that. But ultimately, don't waste time overanalyzing what it means to be a real estate investor. You're always is going to get better per every deal. So why not start and do your first deal? Yes. That's number, number one. And then number two, what I mean by you can't really fail is that even when you do fail or maybe lose money, if you buy property the right way, it's just a waiting game. Uh, the trajectory of the real estate industry is over the history of humanity is always just going up, 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 up. Even when it goes down, it goes up. So you know you want to buy into deals that if you can't flip it for what you thought you could, or you're on the verge of maybe losing money, you want to buy properties where you can slap a tenant in it and at the very least break even and just wait until that property is worth the amount that you wanted to flip it for. Um, or or sell it for whatever but ultimately you can't really lose in buying real estate you want to buy real estate and wait you don't want to wait to buy real smart works Yep.
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I i agree there's no one deal that's going to sink you it is your actions that you take around that deal and the people that you put in place around the deal and the tweaks and adjustments that you make um around it and and i mean i find that the deals that i had and i was investing in 2008, 2008 2009 when things were really really bad stuff that i had that was cash flowing i was able to just sit on yeah so what i mean the market says it's worth like 50k i paid 150 right. for it so i way over Paid on today's market, but guess what? It's cash flowing. So I'll just keep cash flowing it until it's until the market comes back. And the market did. Yeah, the market took a big dip, but within three or four years, it was back. And I was able to sell all those properties, you know, for more than I paid for them. And that so cash is cash flow is king. It's good. Appreciation's been king the last five years. I saw people made a lot of money, but I think cash flow is going to be the way that people get through whatever storm the world's got to deal us. Because rents never rents have never gone down since I've ever been in business. You know, yeah. rents are what they are. Uh, and if one tenant moves out, somebody else is going to show up that's going to pay you what the prior tenant was paying. So yeah. Yeah. To keep, uh, keep, if cash flow will get you through whatever market changes are there, you know? So, Absolutely. So, so if people want to hear more about you, your coaching services, if they want to hear uh, more of your backstory and then maybe grab a copy of your book, um, how do people do that? One more time, guys, the book is called overcome the key to unlocking your superhuman. Everybody go out and grab a copy of that on Amazon right now. Um, in that, but if people want to hear more from you, uh, what you're up to invest with you or learn from you or whatever, how do they do that?
2: Yeah. Great question. Again, art Morrison, the third art Morrison, III, uh, as in the third on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or X, whatever it's called. Everything you can imagine, that's my handle. That's the best way to stay in contact with me, see what I have going on, see what deals we're doing, and all of that. My company website is unitedhomerelief.com, unitedhomerelief.com. I before E, tip after C, for those of you who struggle with spelling relief. <laughs> uh, but that, that's where you can see exactly what my company does. Everything's there from coaching services to partnering with us and all those type of things. But um, my book, Overcome, yeah, it's on Amazon, but if you go to any of the, my websites and uh, put your information in to get whatever freebie I'm giving away, it might be a free webinar, it might be, it might be a free uh, deal calculator that we use. Some Somewhere in that sequence, like if you guys are a little cheap. Somewhere in that sequence, I give you my book for free too. So if you want to save ten dollars, you're just cheap. You're like this guy's a bozo. I ain't buying nothing from him. Uh, it's free, my book. Yeah, for I, free. I promise. I promise you'll like the book. It's one I'm okay. so confident in that book. I, I've met. Ne- there's not like, everyone loves it. Like, it's not. It's just a great book to Go read. It's
0: tough. <laughs> guys, you follow Art on all of his channels here. All right, have
2: Thanks a great day, man. Thanks for, for joining us. Yeah, appreciate you, man. Thank you guys a lot, and uh, best of luck on everything.
0: Yeah, guys, what a phenomenal conversation. I hope you guys carried away some nuggets for yourself. If you are in the middle of, 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 you know, <laughs> Winston Churchill said, if you're going. Through Through hell, keep going, okay? Um, That's that's one way to say it. So uh, if you're going through turmoil in life, you're going through turmoil in business, the only way you lose, the only way you lose in those things is by quitting, right? By trying something different, by sending another letter to another agency that might hire you as a basketball player, or by sending another letter to someone that might sell you their property that you can wholesale fix and flip or buy as a rental. Getting back in the ring and doing it again is what's going to create success. That is, I attribute a lot of my success to dusting myself off and trying again. I did not get lucky. I just kept going until it looked like I did, okay? So that's a big lesson today from Art. Make sure you guys check out his book. I really enjoyed the conversation. Guys, Airbnb, let's just summarize it up. Airbnb is going to be a changing industry. I think that the short-term rental world in America is not going anywhere. It's going to stay, but it's certainly going to change. And if you can predict where those changes are going to happen, perhaps you can pick up a deal from a tired short-term rental owner that got in and thought it was going to be easy. You know, I mean, newsflash, nothing's easy. Uh, and so for people that thought it was going to be easy, maybe you can buy those properties from them and tweak it with a new business plan and a little bit of perseverance to go make those properties work for you. Um, guys, if you like what we do here at DeRosa Group on the DeR- Insiders community on Facebook. Make sure you join us. Like this video if you're watching it on Spotify. If you're uh, if you're watching on Spotify, please like it. Leave us leave us a five star review. Um, love to have have that. Share it with your communities, whatever it is. Uh, make sure you join us next week every Friday night at noon Eastern here on this channel, Underworld Insiders. Hope you guys can join us. Thank you guys for watching. I'm always grateful for you
1: guys being a part of our communities, and uh, I will see you guys next week.